how can we train to have courage and be strong and courageous? Easy, easy command. But when I tell my children that when they're scared of the dark, <laughs> they, they, don't quite, done, right? they don't know quite exactly, okay, how do I turn this off? So what does that training look like for us? Well, I, I think first you recognize that it has to be trained. You, you don't just, you don't give courage a try. <laughs> Right. You're, we're, we're trained. We discipline ourselves through spiritual disciplines to be able to choose courage. And uh, I, I think part of that is uh, understanding that every time we choose to obey, we're building a reservoir of courage. Right. Because we choose to obey. We overcome what might happen if, if I follow God here. And so each choice of obedience uh moves us down the road of courage, I believe. Uh, I, I think reading scripture, doing things like listening to a podcast like this one, um, you you want to put the positive message in your mind because uh, it reinforces that you're not alone. It's uh, God speaks through his word. He honors uh, he honors discussions like these by uh, feeding our souls. We believe that you are strong by design, and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Strong by Design podcast. I am your host, Mike Westerdahl, and today I'm very fortunate to have my friend and pastor at my church, Skycrest Community Church. He's the senior pastor, Chris Stevens. Talk a little bit about your schooling. You went to Clemson for your undergrad. You went to University of South Carolina for your master's. We don't claim the South Carolina time, but yes, okay. I'm a Clemson guy. Sounds good. We'll just stick stick with Clemson. Okay. And then uh, and then you went on to seminary after that. Yes, I did. Southwestern right. Seminary in Fort Worth. Awesome. And then you're married to Nikki, and I was corrected that you've got four, and you said children, but it's sons, right? Four boys, yes, from 23 to 14. Wow. So, yes. Uh, it's a great life. Yeah. Only a few more years left and you're going to be empty nesters. Huh? Yeah. That's why we, we got a dog during COVID. Oh, really? So, yeah. A COVID so dog. We, we will always have some someone around. Our to dog care died for. during COVID oh, and no. then we got on the waiting list to get a dog. And I think it was over in Florida, but yeah, we, we got a dog, I think, in like 2021. So. And what's its name? Uh, Leela. It Leela. means purple in Swedish. It's, oh, okay. it's a Wheaton Terrier. Yeah, what about you? What Maggie. Kind? It's a she's a golden retriever. Oh cool. Great. The only daughter my wife has had. Okay. Now. Yeah. A little little bit of more estrogen in the house. Yes, just a bit. <laughs> Got a little bit of payback from all Absolutely. those years. <laughs> That's great. I found the female dog just kinda just better temper, just easier. She listens better. She's just calmer. Yes. It, like compared to the boy we had before. <laughs> we have had a great time with Maggie for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, today, we wanted to talk about the topic of fear not, which was really inspired a couple of weeks ago at church. You did an amazing, I loved it. I wanted to like stand up and clap or like feel cheer. Like, I know I, I can, but it's like, Go for it doesn't it. feel like that in there. Like I do it. My wife's going to elbow me or something yeah, and be like, right. what are you, what are you doing? I understand. Like you're supposed to be proper, but I know we don't have to be like, we can celebrate football. We can celebrate Jesus too. Right. A- absolutely. So, but it was, it was a good day. And, uh, 
like Rachel was on fire on stage too with the worship team. Like it was, it was just, I was feeling it that day good. for sure. It was a great day. <laughs> God was good. Yeah. So we're doing is this good is good. Right. We were talking about, um, the whole series right now was talking about, um, languishing, right? Flourishing and languishing. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you've preached on it now for like four or five sermons, hours at a time. And yes, I'll just give you kind of my cliff notes or takeaways on what I've gotten between between the two. Really, I believe in what you've been saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, which I'm sure you will add to this, but flourishing meant that you are connected to the source. You're connected to God. You're close with Him. You've got the spiritual disciplines in place. You're spending time in the Word. You have relationship with Him. You're praying, and you're not going to be able to bear fruit and have these things in your life without that. That's that's flourishing. It's that's the right. it's the health of your soul. Yes, it is the well-being of the soul. If it's if we're understanding who we are and whose we are, then our souls are going to be in a really healthy place, and we'll be flourishing like the tree planted by the streams of water right. in Psalm 1. And if you're not going to be able to bear fruit, if you're not uh, connected to the vine, connected to That's the root, exactly right? That's exactly right. That's exactly so. right. We're, we're languishing. It's like every day's Monday when we are experiencing a disconnect uh, from God. And um, it's, it's, a, it, it's not a desperate place to be, but it's just listless. It's, it's indifferent sure. when we're languishing. And so we all, you know, lean into God and trust his vision for our flourishing. Well, you, you could think that languishing is just for people that don't know God or they don't believe or they haven't heard the message. But languishing is for Christians. It could be just when you're not fully flourishing. Then, yeah. then you are languishing. It's not, there's no like lukewarm. It's, right. Well, you know, I, th- I think about Donner, Donald Miller who wrote that uh, there are times where our engines are sputtering and blowing smoke and, and that's languishing. We're, we're just not quite hitting on all cylinders. And so for that reason, we're, we're coming up just shy of God's plan his vision for our lives and, and what he wants to do uh, through us. Uh, it begins with him doing something in us, which is breathing life into us by his spirit. And uh, it's, it's that connection that enables us to flourish. And when it's lacking, we are going to languish. It's mm. great. And in that sermon, we talked about a lot about fear. And this, sure this episode, I've already decided ahead of time. Usually we name them after we yeah. find something kind of catchy or something cool that was said. But I already know this one's going to be called Fear Not. Good. And we're going to be talking about fear today. And, you know, a lot of this leads is based on our identity and, and uh, languishing and flourishing. But the, the next point I wanted to bring up, which you mentioned, was in the Bible... I want to ask the listeners this because you you do you already know the answer so just hold on a second okay. we'll, we'll give them a second to think about it all right so I'm looking looking at you right now <laughs> in the Bible and whether you've read it or not you probably have a guess what do you think the most common command is in the Bible we'll give you a second some Jeopardy music I was gonna maybe, say maybe the editor could add some Jeopardy music in right here. And then uh, some common ones you might think of, right? Like lo- love your neighbor, love people. Right. Love would be one. What's another one? Avoid pride. Avoid pride. It's like that sin that seems to lead to all the other sins. It was seems like it was the original sin. Yeah. Um, and the, what let else? your light shine. 
right? There, there are all kinds of things that we know we're supposed to do that we are consistently communicated in Scripture, but there is one. There is one, and that, it's mentioned 366 times. That's exactly <laughs> right. It transcends all the others. All right, go ahead. Let the cat out of the bag. Fear not. Right. It's Fear the episode not. name. You should have uh, been able to guess that one, right? Fear not. It is uh, 366 times. So as one writer said, it's uh, one for every day of the year, including leap year. God in- included that. So uh, it's easier said than done. All right. So why, why do you think this is? I mean, I'm sure you could talk like an hour on this alone, but why is it mentioned so often compared to the other commands? Well, I, I think it's because there, there really isn't anything that is as contradictory or contrary to the life of faith as fear. It's um, when we fear, we doubt, right? We're, we're plagued by those what-if questions. What if I wreck? What if I fall? What if I fail? And so when... If those what-if questions are overpowering us, then we aren't going to live by faith. We're, we're going to submit to that fear. I, I think God doesn't want us to fear because in fear we lose our joy. And you know, why, why is joy so important? Because the scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so uh, if we are living in fear, we are discouraged. The scripture exhorts us to encourage each other, right? So it's giving us heart. But when when we're living in fear, we've lost that joy. We are forfeiting God's power for the victorious, flourishing life that he envisions for us. I, I think that um, fear compromises faith because it hampers our intimacy with God. You know, you, you mentioned the first sin, what happened when Adam and Eve fell into sin. God came walking through the garden to spend time with them. Adam, where are you? What was he doing? He was hiding. Right. He was hiding in fear. He was ashamed by what he did. The scripture says he, he, was, he was afraid that God would recognize that he was naked. Now, how silly is that? Right. I think God probably knew, don't you? And he, and he didn't take accountability either. He blamed it on Eve. Absolutely. He sure did. And, and so all, all of those things... Um, fear causes us to hide. And if we're, you know, it's certainly impossible, but when we think we're hiding from God, we're just uh, compromising the intimacy that we could enjoy with him. And then I, I think in fear, we compromise our destiny, right? God knows the plans he has for us. Uh, he calls us to step into risk, to step do into things, greatness, even. Yeah, to, to step into greatness. And so if, if we're afraid, then we, that fear can cause us to um, abandon the plan. Sure. To, we, we reject the risk, and therefore we're going to miss out on what God wants for us. So it, it's necessary, absolutely necessary, for God to tell us not to fear, right? Because fear wrecks faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, we're not going to step into his vision for our lives. And so 366 times, one for every day of the year, God says, fear not. 
It's true. I mean, I just, I have young children, as you know, and I'm constantly telling them you're safe. God is everywhere. You're okay. There's no monsters in the, in the closet. Be strong and courageous. It's like fear just can paralyze you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, regardless of, of whether you're a believer or not, just even in business. So um, your plan, which I hope is God's plan for you, that you're aligning yourself and following that. But any goals or anything you're trying to achieve, fear can absolutely paralyze you. Um, I don't want you to look over there because there's a bright light, but we have our core values hanging on the wall for the business. <laughs> a bright light right behind you. That's kind of ironic. But anyway, um, decisiveness, which is something we've had to practice and learn. And that's one oh, of our core yeah. values, which is to make quick decisions. And um, I know you're a big reader. It sounds like you've probably read a bunch of war books. You've mentioned like, sure have. Abraham yes. Lincoln books and things to yes. me in the past. So you know that like top generals, they cannot wait until they have 100% of the information before they make a decision. Because if they do, it's going to be too late. And oh, they, and absolutely. Inaction could be one of the worst things you ever do. And I think one of the biggest things that causes that is fear, which causes a paralysis by analysis. You're overthinking it. You're looking ahead at the unknown where you don't know what's going to happen or you're looking back at the past that's done and and you're just worried really and having anxiety. Yeah. Well, if, if you mentioned Abraham Lincoln. I think it was McClellan that he uh, dismissed because of indecisiveness and then he chose ultimately landed on Grant who was the most decisive general maybe in American history. He he was a quick decision maker and a good decision maker and you know you you're going to languish if you don't make decisions right and if you don't make mistakes too you're not going to grow and god is the perfect father i think he's not trying to control us or force us in a certain direction he knows what's best and he gives us instruction but it's our free will there to make mistakes learn from it and rely on him and come back so he gives us wisdom right right access to wisdom sure <laughs> we choose to learn it and apply it, but he certainly makes it available. Exactly. Well, we practice just even with lunch ordering. Like if it's an interview process and somebody takes 20 minutes to pick between like a turkey sandwich and a ham sandwich, I'm like, this this is, yeah. a, this is really a deal breaker right here. What, what is going to happen later when you have to make some kind of decision? And sometimes it's just making a decision is more important than doing nothing and waiting. Oh, absolutely. Because you can take two steps forward and then mess up and take a step backwards. But if you keep that process going, it's going to be something that eventually you're moving forward sure. versus someone who just stayed still waiting for somebody to tell them what to do. But it just, it seems like when we ask people the weakness, what's your biggest weakness? That's the one that, that comes up a lot. Really? They, they call it perfectionism, mm -hmm. which really I think that's fear, of, ma fear of making <laughs> mistakes. I have it to is. have it perfect or I won't move forward. I feel like perfectionism is almost like uh, a form of fear. Yeah, I've heard people, and I'm sure you have to say, you know, failure is not an option. Well, actually, failure is essential there because there are some lessons we aren't going to learn if we don't fail. So don't be paralyzed in fear of making the wrong decision, which I think is what you're saying. Make a decision. Move forward. If it doesn't work, learn learn the lesson, right? Exactly. At the same time, though, um, I think there's you mentioned there's two types of fear. We've, we've got the... The fear that is there for a good reason, and then we've yep. got the fear that kind of blocks us. Yeah, so. there, there's there's fear, like in fear we duck, right? we, we dodge, we run from bears. There, there's a good kind of fear. Uh, I, I think it's challenging 
when we consider um, what does it mean to fear God? Because, you know, in our culture, we, we don't want people to think God, that, that we're just supposed to be afraid of him. And, and therefore, that, that, kind of, um, that kind of fear can cause people to move away from God. Uh, but the fear of God is something that we are instructed to in Scripture. And um, I'm, I'm reading a book called uh, Incomparable by Andrew Wilson. And he talks about uh, fear and friendship being inextricably linked together. So think about it like this. We, we have a fear-friendship relationship with fire, right? Fire's good for us. We cook with fire. But we also fear fire because it can destroy everything that we've built, right? We, we have a fear-friendship relationship with gravity, right? So because we understand gravity and respect it, we're able to fly. But if we ignore it, we'll fall, so that's a fear friendship relationship. Electricity, water. Absolutely. You all could drown, the great powers. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I grew up in upstate South Carolina and uh, the Chattooga River is really forms the border, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, runs along the border. And every summer there were people who chose to come up there and enjoy the river and it's beautiful. You can uh, kayak, you know, raft, all that stuff. And there were some people who chose not to respect the river. And every year, some people that didn't understand the power of the river lost their lives, drowning there because they didn't understand that fear-friendship relationship. There's We fear it out of reverence, and we respect it, right? And, and then yet we also recognize that it can add a lot of joy to our lives. And, and it's the same thing with God, right? There's a friendship fear factor with God. We, we know that he's for us. He's not against us. He loves us. He's pulling for us. But at the same time, um, and by the way, because of those things, we can come boldly to him, approach him, and he's there to help. But there's also a part of that where sometimes we're overwhelmed by his greatness in his majesty and so the the appropriate response is to bow in submission to him we submit to his will we submit to his word his truth his his laws his commandments uh, because uh, we know that he's a consuming fire getting back to the friendship of fire he's he's there for us uh, but he's God right He's God. And so that's the kind of fear, friendship fear, that is important to cultivate as we worship, as, as we live life before our Creator who has a perfect plan for us. Uh, it's, it's the fear that inspires submission as well as pursuit, right? We, we pursue a relationship with God, but we also submit because... Okay, so that that's the right kind of fear. That's, that's the, the right. healthy kind of fear. Absolutely, and, and then we have some instinct fears as well, like get away from that bear. Uh, yeah, like, absolutely, he's not telling that, us right. don't be afraid of like the shark coming at you. Yeah, like it's got nothing to do with that, and it's got nothing to do with a reverence or respect. Faith is never foolish. 
Right. That's why we're right. given the wisdom, right? Absolutely. That's God gives us wisdom to understand uh, those, the gift of fear, right? And, and then there's that kind of fear that we are to avoid, eschew, which is the fear that leads to timidity and dismay. It's, it's the fear that takes our heart from us. Which that leads right to the next question. What are, what are the kinds of fears we're talking about? Like in practical real life examples, what, what does that fear look like? That's like this being timid, like you're saying. Yeah, it, it, fear that shrinks, right? So fear of failure certainly right. comes to mind right away. It's like, what if I don't? Well, the, the truth is you might not, right? You, it might not work. Right. But uh, there are some things that we won't learn, can't learn in the absence of failure. Right. As a matter of fact, Proverbs says that we're actually tested more by praise and success than we are failure. Hmm. Because failure uh, lends us humility. And in humility, we take the uh, position of a learner, the posture of a learner. So there's the, there's the fear of failure. I think closely associated with the fear of failure is um, the fear of inadequacy, right? right. So I, I feel like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if, if I can do yeah, that. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not the one that, that God wants to do this. There's someone that's right. better than me. I've messed up too many times. I've made mistakes. I mean, how, how many people, though, in the Bible, it's almost every single time he takes somebody and, and really it's so that they don't get the glory and the credit for it. People can't point to the person and be like, well, of course they did that. Look at them. They were a great warrior, an amazing public speaker, whatever it was. Yeah. He, he takes someone you would never expect to right. be able he, to do it. He, he started a nation from an infertile couple. Right. That makes the point, right? <laughs> Abraham and Sarah, their bodies were as good as dead. So there's, there's the fear of failure, which is uh, what if I don't? Then there's the fear of inadequacy, which is what if I can't? Well, we, we know that Paul says his strength is perfectly demonstrated. Essentially what he's saying is strength is perfectly demonstrated in our weakness. So we're in the right position when we acknowledge that we may be inadequate to the and, task. And it's okay if you are, because a, a lot of these times we're not doing it in our own strength. God's using you instead, and I can do right, which all is things through him who exactly gives me strength. Exactly where we want to be. Right. I, I think we're also talking about, and, and you know, this one is, um, it might be, we might be reluctant to admit it, but, but I think that part of the issue is a fear of man, where we... We fear uh, what people will think about us. What will people say about us or what will people do to us? And, you know, Jesus was crystal clear in Matthew chapter 10, I think it's verse 28, where he says, look, don't, don't fear man who can kill the body. Rather, fear God who can fear the one who can destroy soul and body in hell. So when, when we are steeped in fear, what we're, and, and, and that fear is the fear of man, what we're really doing is faithlessly playing to an audience of our peers. Well, what's the problem with that? The problem with, with serving the audience of our peers is that they're very fickle. 
they're, they're constantly changing. Nothing is predictable. So what we do one day might gain applause and what we do the next might gain derision. But when we fear God, we're, we're playing to an audience of one and God never changes. He's, he's always for us. He, he's the one when in faith we choose to fear him, we're serving him, playing to his audience, and, and we're going to be able to overcome uh, because we're serving the one who's for us and never against us, the scripture tells us. So there, there's a fear of failure, a fear of uh, inadequacy, the fear of man. And then, you know, I think another thing that you've been alluding to, I believe, is that we have a, there's a fear of the unknown. Like, as, as people... We prefer routine and predictability, right? And so, what if even comfort? Absolutely, yeah. We we arrange our lives to minimize pain, right? And I think comfort could be the enemy of of greatness and stepping into God's will. Absolutely. So when we step out in faith, we are necessarily stepping out into the unknown because we're following God to a place that we've never been, and so. I think those are the kind of fears that God is saying. Yeah. Avoid those because they're they're going to limit your potential. It almost stops your faith, right? By Absolutely. feeding into the fear you're not showing that you have faith. And you can have be- belief, but even Satan believes doesn't mean that he trusts or follows. That, that's exactly so, right. So if you believe, you're working on your faith, but then you are scared and don't trust that's where the fear steps in and stops you from doing what you pretty much know you need to do or should do, but you're stuck because you're afraid of the unknown or what's going to happen or what people are going to yep. think of you, which is interesting too in, in our country today. Like we're not probably going to get killed for our religious beliefs. No, we're not. Like we're free here, freedom freedom of religion. At least right now we are. Right. And I mean, you could- Religious liberty is still intact. Maybe some people say something mean to you, but we're not, we're not necessarily risking our lives- by having a cross tattoo or something. Right. But but still we're <laughs> we still, we're withholding right. because of the fear of man. Right. And like, I'm saying if you go back to the Bible times, they gave their lives to, to spread the message and we're worried about what people are gonna think of us I know. A, <laughs> I know. It's a it seems like in in uh, when we compare it with all of history, our fears seem silly. They seem that way, but they're still real. Oh man, yeah, we're we're not going to minimize them, uh, but they will minimize us. All right. So when when fear stands between us, what does God instruct us to do? What are we supposed to do when fear creeps in? Which it does for everyone. There's no one out there that doesn't sometimes have this feeling. Well, what did he say to Joshua? Right. Be strong and courageous. And courageous. We're. I I, I think of it like this: when we come to a crossroads. We're going to choose something, right? We're, and, and the fact is, no choice is probably the fear choice, but, but we're, we're actually choosing cowardice or courage. One of those two things. There, there's, there's no other, I don't, I don't think, it, well, it's certainly in the context of this conversation, there, there are no other options. And we, we need to understand, I think, that if we choose courage, we're actually positioning ourselves to experience the power of God. Because what does God say to Joshua in chapter 1, verses, really verses 6 through 9, over and over again, be strong and courageous. In, in verse 9, he ends by saying, 
for I will be with you. Like you, you, you take the risk. You come with me. You follow my instructions. And there you're going to experience me and my power. That's what God's saying. When, when God is with us, he brings the whole package, right? So in cowardice, we know that God is, is with us, but we're limiting his involvement. Sure. Because we're choosing to say, okay, you, you set this one out. It's I mean, like you're, if putting it's yourself, possible, you're putting yourself on the bench. Like you're still on the team. You're still in the family. But yeah, yeah. you're like, I'm not playing right now. Well, or, or even more so, you're putting God on the bench. Oh, in, right. in cowardice, you're saying, I'm calling the shots. Right. I'm going to call the ironic. plays. I'll do it. I know what to do here. I got it. Right. So the irony is that in fear, we shrink. Fear shrinks us, but in fear, we uh, wind up shrinking God. In, in inexplicably, present ourselves as bigger than God. Right. So his power and his presence are more palpable. They're his. They're there for us when we choose courage. Because what what does Scripture say? God is He's looking everywhere, searching to and fro throughout the land to find those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And full commitment means courage. It does. And that's what courage and is. And for those that don't know, courage does not mean like lack of fear or that you are so brave that you don't even yeah. feel afraid. It's being afraid and still doing what you need to do. Who needs courage in the absence of it doesn't fear. exist. There is no, no, no courage no, no. without there, fear. No, it, it just like we don't need faith in the absence of doubt. Like right. if you're, at, I'm absolutely certain two plus two is four. I don't need faith in that, right? But when when there are those times where I struggle, or and certainly in this area of of fear, when I'm feeling afraid, that's when we choose courage because that's when courage is called for. Yeah. If if I'm living in uh, a cocoon, I've insulated myself from everything that could bring harm. Then I'm, I, I don't need courage. Right. Who needs it? Yeah. Right? Well, we have a, a tactical trainer we've worked with by the name of Mike Gillette. He's been on the show before. He's done some anti-terrorism work for the government, um, been a SWAT commander. And he has talked about seeing people and soldiers, police officers doing these amazing things that sometimes you could never picture yourself maybe having the courage to do that. And he points out it's not that they're not afraid. They have just trained themselves to function and do what they need to do. And they acknowledge the fear. They know it's there. They're mm -hmm. not like ignoring it or pushing it away. It's there, but you still are able to do what you need to do. And that takes practice. Oh, yeah. The, the, I mean, the training those guys right. go through. And, and so what's interesting about our, our faith, living above fear, fearing not, is that it calls for the same sort of well, training, that's, that's right? Those spiritual how, disciplines. How can we train to have courage and be strong and courageous? Easy, easy command. But when I tell my children that, when they're scared of the dark, <laughs> they, they, don't quite, done, right? they don't know quite exactly, okay, how do I turn this off? So what does that training look like for us? Well, I, I think first you recognize that it has to be trained. You, you don't just, you don't give courage a try, <laughs> right? You're, we're, we're trained. We discipline ourselves through spiritual disciplines to be able to choose courage. And uh, I, I, I think part of that is... Uh, 
understanding that every time we choose to obey, we're building a reservoir of courage, right? Because we choose to obey, we overcome what might happen if, if I follow God here. And so each choice of obedience uh, moves us down the road of courage, I believe. Uh, I, I think reading scripture, doing things like listening to a podcast like this one, um, you, you want to put the positive message in your mind because uh, it reinforces that you're not alone. It's uh, God speaks through his word. He honors um, he honors discussions like these by uh, feeding our souls. And so that's a, that's a very important part of it too. Uh, but I, I think we also have to recognize uh, what we're doing when we're making decisions based on fear. And, and I think it, it really boils down to two things. I, I think that we're uh, seeking to control, right? Fear is we, we choose fear, cowardice, when we want to control things. And then the second thing is we're practicing image management. Right. And, and, and That's so good. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment. But, but just think about those two things broadly, control and managing our image. Both of those positions, perspectives, or aims are really uh, displacing God and replacing him with ourselves. I just had a thought on parenting right there. Like those seem like what do other people think of my parenting and trying to control the behaviors of other people. Oh, both, yeah. both things that you could easily fall into a pattern of and are not going to work. Listen, we, we lived it. My oldest son is 23. I'm a pastor. There is a, there is a desire to have kids that uh, behave in a way that's consistent with the expectations of a pastor's probably, kid, right? Yeah, probably tougher and, for you. And so you can you can try to micromanage that and, and control it, but you know what? That um, my if if we had done that, and there were times where I recognized that I would trend in that direction, but in doing that, we were we weren't uh, shepherding the hearts of our children to say follow God, we were shepherding the hearts of our children to manage their image. Right. Or and, your Im- which their image. Which displaces that, God. Right. Right. So we, you know, act, act right. So we, we try to tell our kids, we're like, look, uh, it's not about what other people think. You're on Team Stevens. We have values and objectives. We have a mission that our family wants to live by. And so you, you just... You just play your part in Team Stevens, and we're going to do what God's called us to do, and we'll let the chips fall where they may. And uh, I, I think that just that idea helped us. Well, there's some us. peace in that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And there's peace for them, too, because they didn't think, my parents are mad at me because I'm not living up to someone else's expectations. Sure. They, they would recognize that our uh, reproof and correction of their decision-making was really about they're not living up to the standard that God has called us to. It's not about someone else's standard. It's about the mission of Team Stevens, which we always said was Proverbs eleven twenty-five: 25, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And so we, we, we put that in our family as we want to be a blessing to other people. And so we, um, we didn't tried not to uh, control them 
or teach them to manage image because I, I, I think it leads to fear. That's that's really what we're talking about here. You, you know, when we're controlling. It's like your fear actually just cultivates more fear in them. Oh, yeah. Right. It, it's, it's a virus. Right. Fear is yeah. a virus. Speaking of the virus, I mean, look at these last couple of years. And you've heard the term, uh, you know, faith over fear. You've seen it on T-shirts. You've seen it in politics. And it almost seems like people used it so much with uh, things that had to do with vaccines, masks, social distancing. Don't be afraid. And, uh, you know, it's that, it's that balancing act of knowing what kind of fear we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did, what did you think of that? It almost became a cliché. In yeah. some groups and almost used like the wrong way a little bit. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, as as a pastor, we we had to make decisions. I'll never forget, I, I liked fish. And I was fishing on a Friday morning and I got a call from one of the elders and he said, hey, um, they've suspended any activity above the threshold of 50 people. So in other words, this Sunday... Right, like in a few we, days. We're, we're, yeah, two days. We're not going to be able to meet. And so there, there were some decisions that we had to make, and uh, obviously. And, and I, you know, I just filtered it through our, my responsibility as a pastor to train people to follow God. Like our job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, and, and the work of ministry is about obedience and service, right? So I, I knew, you, you just kind of knew this was going to be political and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, there are some things that are crystal clear in his word. And uh, one of them is that we are to submit to governing authority. So there wasn't anything in me that said, we're rebelling against that because that's what they said. Sure. Right? And so I, we chose to follow the lead of people who knew more about it than we did and whether we questioned their motives or what really what information they had, our responsibility was to choose wisdom. And, and that's what it's about, right? It, it's all about wisdom. We, we choose to trust God's wisdom and we'll follow governing authorities. And the scripture relieves us of that responsibility when the governing authorities, uh, instruct us to do something that contradicts God's truth. Well, you could follow the authorities and not have the fear because you have faith, but that doesn't mean that you have to revolt or... Right. (laughs) Well, and and at the end of the day, we knew, hey, even if we follow all the rules, this thing is out of control and we may get COVID, Right. So Many I, times. I, I wasn't trusting government. That that seemed to be what we were told to do. If you remember the the uh, surely you remember, but it was during the election year, and and I was so it just uh, cracks me up that they said. <laughs> I remember they're like our policies are going to eliminate COVID and oh by the way I don't know if you remember this or not but they were going to eliminate hurricanes too the the choices (laughs) they made according to the climate were going to prevent hurricanes and I I just wanted to stand and say hey guys that's God's department right all all of it is God all of it is God's department he knows who's going to be president or in charge and who the leaders are and you could fast forward to the very end and know how all of this ends anyway and there's nothing you're going to do to change it absolutely so So. our responsibility is to 
let our light shine to glorify God in the process, to teach people uh, through modeling what the scripture says, how we're supposed to interact with our governing authorities. And um, as I said earlier, when we choose obedience, which is we have to overcome fear to choose obedience, but when we choose obedience, then we our courage grows and our souls flourish. And um, we're choosing obedience to God's word, to his wisdom, submission to his wisdom, which at times instructs us to be uh, submissive to governing authorities. Sure. It reminds me of a time um, where if you feel like you're flourishing, you feel like you're in relation, you feel connected, and you feel like you know God's will, which we talked about too. Maybe it's not about this school or that school or some of these smaller decisions where if you are connected and you are flourishing, there's there's some open choices here to kind of, oh, yeah, you're kind of do what you want. It's not like one exact path that you better get it right. exactly right. It's like a freedom there. But talking about cultivating um, like confidence and the courage, I remember when we were house shopping and um, and I was praying about opening or closing doors, not trying to get my heart set on like, is this inspection going to go good? Is this the right neighborhood? Is this where the kids need to go to school? Which can cause a lot of anxiety, Absolutely. fear, different things that creep in. But I didn't have that feeling. And um, we wound up the, the house we wanted didn't work out. Oh. And the inspection came back and it... And um, there was all this Chinese drywall, which is like this drywall during the housing boom that we had to get that had some cancerous type stuff in it. And they found that and um, it didn't go through. And we're like, well, thank God. And thank what, God. Yeah, and what about right. this? What about this? What if we did not know? And we had been like, we want this house so much. And like it never showed up in the inspection. And then you wind up going bankrupt and possibly your whole family being sick. It's like we don't know what we don't know. Our ways are not his ways. And if you're seeking direction and guidance and it doesn't work out, like, it's okay. There should be a confidence in, in kind of that decision that that was for a reason. It's under control. There's something better. And better doesn't mean easy or fun. Better could just be something that maybe develops your character in a way that it needs yeah. to be done. I mean, well, what do we say all the time at Skycrest? We say God, God is much less interested in making it better than He is making us better. And when we have the faith to believe that He works all things together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose, then then we can trust that even when there are setbacks, delays, and it can be really frustrating looking for a house and finding that right spot and knowing schools are involved and church is involved. And by the way, I'm thankful that you moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> uh, that's when we, we, we can just trust, right? We, we just trust that God's in control. He's sovereign. And so is trust and faith a similar? Yeah. I How do they defer? I, I'm not sure that they do. I, I think, um, I don't think you're going to trust God if you don't have faith in him, right? I, I, I think they're maybe two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And I think if you have have that trust, that helps eliminate the fear and that builds yeah. courage and confidence. As yeah. your confidence grows, your courage grows, and the more you trust, it just gets easier. Trust is active faith, right? We're, it's, it's, uh, and we know that faith without works is dead faith. And trusting faith is is the faith that that believes that God has the right plan for us, and can um, we can trust that He's going to make us better. 
So I did have a question that is unprepared. You didn't know about this one. And uh, oh, no. it's really just your opinion on it, because I was wondering how this relates to those listening to the show right now that um, maybe aren't believers or, or don't know God and or don't believe in God, just all different walks of life listening right now. How, how do these kind of natural laws that, that we're discussing, how, does, how can that translate, I guess, to the business world or to someone who doesn't know God yet? Like for, for business training, I try for myself and it's all connected. I don't have different compartments yeah. for life. Like it's easier. Some people, they go to work and it's kind of like you got to shut it down for a little while till, right. till you get home, which I don't know how that works. But for me, I know that I need to be decisive. I need to have courage. I cannot let fear stop me from making decisions. And the more overwhelmed and busy I feel, it feels like the decisions get harder to make and they slow down. And um, then I need a wake-up call sometimes. Like God's like, you've got work to do. It's time to do it. But some of the things I do to practice, um, when we go on vacations, I don't know what happened, but I, I do not like heights anymore. And when I was in my 20s, I could care less. I went skydiving in my 20s and had fun, enjoyed it. Really? Yeah, and now we've been doing things where we do high-level zip lining. I've done a hot air balloon, and I'm not enjoying these things. I'm actually get like shaky, feel a little dizzy, like I have to breathe. Welcome I have to, to the breathe, club. right? So I, I have a theory. <laughs> I stay there. I have a theory that it's since I had kids, and I'm like have a fear of like what's going to happen to the people that mm. need me if I'm gone. That's my theory. I think it's the fear of that. Yeah. That's causing me to have this kind of like fear of heights, but I'm working on it. So every time I go, I do height things. And it's getting easier and easier and easier each time. But if you went back three years ago, like shaking being up on these things. And now, like, I think it was last summer, I did a train, lost some weight and qualified. And I've talked about it in another show, did a skydiving thing with some friends in San Diego. And it was like, really had no interest, didn't want to do it. But I knew it was good for me to... Uh, what a beautiful place to skydive. Uh, it was, well, I love it was San great, Diego. but I just still didn't like it, but I did it anyway. And then that helps me pull the trigger when it's time to hire somebody and mm -hmm. I got to dish out some money that I'm not sure exactly where it's coming from. Uh, you know, tithing at church, you give your money because you're supposed to give your, your first, you yeah. know, and that's, that's out of faith and trust that mm -hmm. you'll be provided for. So yeah. um, <laughs> I guess going back to the question, the question is, if you're not currently a believer in God, how, how does this relate or how is this lesson helpful for, for those people? Well, I, I think it's important to to recognize that, um, well, from our perspective, that the material, what we experience here is a reflection of reality. Like we, we can learn things uh, by living life. We learn things about, about God and about truth, and I, I think they ultimately point back to God. So if... If God, and he is, is the creator, he designed the world, he uh, positioned it so that we could live here, uh, then I think that there are some uh, principles that he has revealed to us in scripture, some, some wisdom that applies, that can be uh, transferred out of the spiritual into the material world that are uh, designed to lead to effectiveness, right? So uh, I would challenge anyone, if you're, if you're not a believer, 
and you're you're just wondering you're you're thinking maybe I'll I'll try it I'll I'll see if uh, God can help bring about uh, the abundant life that He promises, which we know is found in Jesus first. But I would I would challenge any of the listeners today to open the book of Proverbs. There are thirty one proverbs. That means there's a proverb. Uh, one chapter for each day of the month, 31. And uh, the book of Proverbs are, it's essentially axioms to live by. They're, they're not promises. They aren't things that uh, God says, this is going to happen every time. But I tell you what is, uh, I have discovered about the Proverbs is that 95% of the time, the way God says it should go is the way it's going to go. So if you if you choose to live by the axiomatic teaching of the proverbs, then what you're doing is taking a step of faith to meet God, who by the way is pursuing you, right? So you meet God in the material world because that's what the proverbs are about. How how do we how do we interact with other people? How do we run our business? What uh, how do we control our tongues and manage our anger? All those things are in the Proverbs. And so I would just say, try it. Take 31 days. Read through the book of Proverbs. And every day, I guarantee you, you'll see something in whatever chapter you're reading that helps you understand that, that uh, our Heavenly Father, spiritual God, He is spirit, has a plan that uh, if if we stay in his lane, we will meet with uh, joy and effectiveness in pretty much whatever we do. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure there's some fear knots in that. I, uh, they're always encouraging us to choose courage. Absolutely. So that leads to the next question. Where does fear come from? Because I found a scripture that said from Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if he did not give us that kind of fear, because we talked about the other kinds that yeah, are good. Yeah, planted in us right. in, at, from the beginning. So yeah. where's this... Uh, where does this type of fear come from? Is that from the enemy? So, yeah. So the scripture says that the enemy, uh, his, his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. And what have we said about fear all along is that it shrinks us. We, uh, we are dismayed. We become timid. And uh, all of that is the enemy's... It reflects the enemy's agenda to prevent us from becoming all that God has created us to be. And so um, the kind that causes us shame, um, timidity, that, that kind of fear that shrinks uh, doesn't come from God because the scripture says God is for us, not against us, that he... Um, his plan for us is to cooperate with expansion, the expansion of his kingdom, uh, the shining of his light, all of those things. So fear 
suppresses that, and that doesn't come from God. What's interesting about that verse, and read the end of it again, because it says what God does provide. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that is what comes from God. Power, uh, the scripture says that uh, in Christ we are overcomers. We're more than conquerors. So we have the power, resurrection power of God uh, through faith in Jesus to overcome. So there's power, there's love. And what does love do? Love gets us out of the image management business, right? Because what, when I'm managing my image, it's self-love. I've, I've elevated myself to be... To, uh, what I'm trying to do is establish my glory, but when I love with the kind of sacrificial love that Christ loved us, when I love, then what's happening is I'm elevating others above myself. So this comes from God. He gives us power to overcome fear. He gives us love to overcome ourselves so we love other people. And then what's the last? The sound mind. The sound mind. So what is the sound mind? The sound mind says, if he's God, then he's God. And I, I don't have to be. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to do his job. If, if I have a sound mind and I choose to believe that God is God, then I know that there is none like him. There is, there is no power that is greater than him. Nothing takes him by surprise. We, are, um, we can live with confidence that we have submitted to the victor because Christ won, right? In, in God, we have the victory. And so... A sound mind just says everything makes sense through faith. And a sound mind sounds like it's free of worry, free of anxiety, Absolutely. free of fear. Well, what is sound? It's solid. It's not moving around. Here's what doesn't move. As I said earlier, uh, Andrew Wilson's book is called Incomparable. Uh, God, there, there's nothing we can compare him to because... He never changes. Everything changes. God doesn't change. And when we have faith in him, our mind is sound. It's not moving around. It's stabilized in faith of who he is by faith. And regardless of the circumstances, I mean, you could be in jail. You could have a great day, a bad day. And uh, God never changes regardless of what's going on around you. And there's a... a And when we're flourishing, we don't either. Right. That, that's so important that you said that, and thank you for saying that. Uh, flourishing, the reason flourishing is so attractive is because we know it's a condition of the soul that happens uh, irrespective of our circumstances. So we could be in the middle of a, a personal hurricane, right? Yeah. And if we are flourishing, then we have the joy of the Lord. We're, we're not cowering and still be fear. stable and have sound yeah, mind during absolutely. during the ups and downs of life and something uh you know i want to work on all the time too because i do not like kind of going up and down with what's going on in life i, I want to be more sound mind and stable all the time and that's just comes comes from god yeah and so when when we're with god we might be doing that but we're moving up into the right all the time yeah. right we're we're growing and and uh becoming who he's called us to be 
And just to uh, kind of connect and motivate the listeners, it's everyone deals with this. Everyone's got these fears and things, anxieties, oh, worry. It's like such a common thing. It seems like it's gotten worse since right before the election and COVID and everything that happened. It's all time high with mental health issues and oh, yeah. depression and just a lot of things going on. I feel like this message is so important right now. The so. statistics are remarkable uh, that as even in, in the most hopeful groups, which would be the youth today, the statistics are that a majority of people in responding to uh, surveys and studies, a majority of U.S. Americans say they are languishing, right? Wow. not flourishing. And part of that is fear of the unknown, right? Like, think- what, what does tomorrow look like? We don't know. Right. But we know who holds tomorrow. We also know he takes care of the birds. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. So, do you think Peter was languishing when uh, he was initially walking on the water you know towards what? Jesus? I, I love that that story. And if, if you're not familiar with the story, uh, Jesus uh, had fed 5,000 people. He was tired. He sent his guys out across uh, the Sea of Galilee, which is really a lake, Uh out ahead of him, he stayed up on the mountain to pray. Uh, in with his uh, divine supervision, he looked out and saw that they were languishing, and the, the the waves were against them. There was a, a strong wind blowing, and they couldn't get to the other side. So Jesus decided to go out there and join him, and he walks on the water. Right, he walks out there to him, and the scripture says that they were sore afraid. Right, they. They thought it was a ghost. Of course they thought, what else would it be, right? And then Jesus said, you know, hey guys, it's me. And they they kind of calmed down. And then at that moment, Peter said, hey, if it's you, why don't you call me to come to you? And Jesus said, sure, come on out. And Peter, no hesitation, jumped out. Now, there are two instances of fear in that passage of scripture. One is when they saw Jesus, and the other is what happened after Peter got out and started walking on the water. And it's, I believe it's in Matthew chapter 14, but what it says is that seeing the wind, Peter began to sink. So when Jesus walked out, they were afraid. They sorted that out because Jesus said, it's me, don't be afraid. Then the second instance of fear was not when he got out of the boat, he was fired up about yeah, that. He, and he had a few steps on the water. Oh, like yeah. He's was... walking on the water while he's looking at Jesus. But the scripture says, seeing the wind, he began to sink. Now, what's interesting about that is the weather didn't change. His focus changed. He, it was, the weather was bad when Jesus was up on the mountain before he got there. Yeah. They were battling with the elements. So Peter initially had the courage to follow Jesus' command, which is what happens to us, right? We recognize that Jesus is calling us and we place our faith in him. And we just jump out of the boat and we, we start moving. It's working. We're going. Absolutely. But then as we get going, we, I don't know if we think, uh, can God who got me out of the boat sustain me on the water? I don't, I don't know what it is, but Peter started looking around and was like, oh man, I've, I'm going to die here. Well, what's interesting is he could swim. Right. He actually wasn't even in any real danger. No, no. He, he, he If he sank, 
So what? He could swim. He swim. The boat was but right there. Was Jesus terrified. was right there. But he got so focused on the circumstances that he was literally immobilized in fear. And he began to sink. But he had the wisdom at that moment. And this is so important if you find yourself to be sinking. Like if, if you're... If you're thinking today, wow, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm overwhelmed in fear. If you find that you're in that place, Peter models exactly what to do. He looked at Jesus and said, save me, help me. And Jesus reached down, grabbed him. First, he rescued him. And then he was like, what were you thinking? Like, you have little faith. What am I going to do with you people, right? Like, you're walking on water, and then you sink. It seems like once you get started, you wouldn't give in to fear. But that is the exact wrong thing to think. Because we get started with God, and and then we we have some, you know, we take some steps like Peter did, and we have some successes. And then we start thinking, because we have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, destroy that journey. We start thinking, will God keep this up? Can, can I trust him tomorrow the way I trusted him yesterday? Can I be sure that I'm going to live in this victory moving forward? And uh, while these, the wind seems worse out here, you know, we're, we're, on, the, we're in, on the journey into the unknown. And each step we take requires constant courage. Yes, requires each movement step. in each step. You keep moving, you keep trusting, and know that the enemy is going to continually fire those arrows of fear at us. And that's why courage isn't just something you choose one time. I'm, I'm all in with Jesus. Nope, courage is something you choose every day. Every Remember, step. there's 366 verses, one for each day. Fear not. Yeah, I just it get is the chills. A constant, <laughs> it is a constant battle. Oh my gosh, so good. And if, if you're sinking, keep your focus, keep your eyes on Jesus. If you look at race car drivers and they do not want to crash into the wall, right? right. You're supposed to be looking at the road and you go where you're looking. There's no question and about that. And if you that. look over at the wall, the car starts going towards the wall. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so don't look at the circumstances. Don't focus really on the worry, the anxiety, the fear that what ifs. Right. Focus, focus, you know, for those who uh, have faith or for those who would like to explore the faith, the faith, um, the answer is to focus on Jesus. Right. Because if we, we look to the one, Jesus wasn't sinking. Right. He doesn't sink. So why, why do we trust Jesus? Why is he the answer? Well, because he defeated the greatest enemy, the greatest source of fear that we have. And that's death. You know, the, the, the story is that Jesus, uh, at the end of his life, 33 years young, I've passed him, uh, he submitted to death on the cross. He uh, chose to enter the battlefield and fight our greatest enemy, the one that we should fear. And that's death, or we needed to fear. But what did Christ do? He, he faced death. Three days, he battled death. And on the third day, he walked out of that tomb. 
He was raised from the dead. And so the reason that we can trust God, the reason that we know that we're victorious over fear is because the greatest source of fear, death, has been defeated. Jesus' grave, as the scripture says, was denied. And because he lives, we can live free of fear. Yes, and that's the that's the connection back back to God. He sent His Son for us, absolutely. So that we can have a relation with Him. If 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 you are, you is, know, they say that the two top fears are uh, public speaking and death, right? And uh, you know, I I think unfortunately in the materialistic world that we live in, we just kind of deny that death is the ultimate reality you know it's in the back of everybody's head though you can you can be busy and and live but you you know that's back there there are times uh, i we we did a uh, i took a group of college kids to uh i was part of a mission trip to belgium and we were uh we did sports camps for the kids i was the basketball coach and we had you know college and high school players there and i i talked to one dad of one of the campers and he said you know we don't we don't really need god because we don't need things he said there's everybody's kind of the same all of our everything's provided is relatively socialistic in belgium and he said um but when somebody dies we might pause to think about it for a couple of minutes but then we quickly move on to what's next and and I thought, you know, that that's what happens when we are so comfortable, when we have everything we need. We, uh, Satan, our enemy uses materialism to silence the cry of our soul, which you're saying in the back of our mind, we know it's coming, and we're right. It is coming. So at some point, uh, you need to, Everyone needs to look in the mirror and recognize that um, we are mortal, that we will, we're going to come to an end. And, but because Jesus defeated death, uh, we can step into eternal life, eternity with God, which, by the way, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more suffering, which and is no just, more fears. And it's just, that's just grace, which just means we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn yeah. it. There's nothing you have to do. And it, if you've done awful things in your life or made mistakes, it doesn't disqualify you. No. It's for, it's for everyone. And it's free. And, yeah. And it's just uh, accepting it. That, that's, he, Jesus defeated death so we, don't, so we won't be defeated by death. Amen. Love it. I feel like that's a great spot to end, and hopefully this was uh, encouraging for the listeners. I hope so. Um, if you're local in Tampa Bay, come check us out at uh, Skycrest Sky Community Crest Church Community for Church. sure. Yeah. How else? Your your podcast is starting to take off. I'm. I mean, it's the sermons, but it's yeah. We you can uh, you can look up in iTunes Store uh, several different places. Skycrest Community Church is a podcast of our sermons. We're on uh, YouTube and Facebook, and we. Uh, you can check out Skycrest Community Church Facebook page and get all of our stuff. It's uh, 
yeah, you know what? We we love to teach God's truth. We think that it has uh, something. It's liberating, liberates us from fear and lots of other things that can trip us up along the way. And so, yeah, uh, join us online or come join us in person. We're in yeah. Clearwater. And well, thank you so much for welcome. coming in today. I've been uh, kind of on break from hosting the podcast. Chris has been doing the brunt of it, and I've been doing a lot of hiring for the business. And I just uh, heard the sermon a few weeks ago, and I was like, I got to make time. And I've been wanting to do this for a couple of years with you. And I'm like, yeah, I was wondering. And I'm like, why have I been putting off like you know, what fear of who knows, but it's like, well, I, this is something we're supposed to do and we did it and it's great. So. I'm really grateful. I, it, it was just such a privilege to join you and your audience. And you know what I'm really grateful for is that, uh, I'm, I'm getting a t-shirt. Oh yeah. Deal, aren't I strong been, by design. You've been on the show. That, you could have a used mug that's, too, that's but what I don't I'm have looking, any, any Yeah, that's nuance, okay. But, I'll take the t-shirt. All right. I love the t-shirt. Thank awesome. you so much. Yeah. Thank Mike, you. And thank you guys me. for listening and tuning in and, um, you know, if you could leave us a review for the show, that would help so much. Those ratings helps that more people find the show. And we really do this just because we want to give back. We want to help people. And um, we just appreciate you listening and giving us your time. And we're hoping you find some value from this. Um, if you could share this with a friend or tell someone else about the Strong by Design podcast, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.